Well, hello, and welcome back to Morning Coffee with Brooke, a podcast all about my startup journey, and journey it is. Today we're going to talk about, um, I've been doing a series on when I went to Mind Valley, I took, I think, decent notes, decent notes, okay notes, my chicken scratch, on all the speakers. So today um, is the Neil Strauss talk. It was really good, and I was surprised at what I got out of this. Like, he intended... For the audience, I'm assuming, to just get out of it um, a really great process on how to write a book, like a New York Times bestselling book. But it's, and I learned that, and I think I could actually do it. Like, he really, by the end, made it feel like you could do this, like this is in your power. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The thing I was surprised about is how much free writing, which is something I do not do, like journaling, um, really helped me, like, dump this weight that I'd had, like this emotional weight in me. I didn't even realize I'd had since like childhood. So that was a little surprising, but it was a great speech. And if you don't free write, um, you should. Like I literally never been like a journaler that much, like as a child, but not like as an adult. I just feel too busy and la la la. But it was awesome. So maybe this can help help you out too. So who he is, Neil Strauss, I had ChatGPT write his bio off of his uh, webpage. I just shortened it. So I'll just give you the highlights. Um, amazing guy. Very, very accomplished. Um, he's a 10-time New York Times bestselling author. He wrote The Game, um, where he went undercover in a world of pickup artists and um, ended up writing a really great book about, I guess it's about dating. Um, and he dives into relationships and their complexities. And then he's also a journalist. So for Rolling Stone magazine, he published articles. Um, New York Times. Anyway, really amazing guy. Tons of um, books under his belt. I think he does ghostwriting. He has his own books. So I'm putting a link to his webpage. It's neilstrauss.com. Super great guy. And thank you, Neil, for speaking at Mind Valley. It was a quite wonderful. So um, the goal here in this speech was to help you get started in writing a book. Um, but even more than that, it was that if you already have a book inside of you, this is the process that'll help you get it out. So it started out like this. Um, in the beginning of this, I was like, well, I don't really, I'm not really interested in that. By the end of this, I'm like, holy cow, I need to take the time to sit down and like write down a book. Because, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you're like, I don't really have anything interesting to say. So he did touch on that um, a bit. So the way that he structured this lecture was really cool. He gave a little information and then he, have you, he had you use it. So there were like, ex you know, he gave you great information and then you sat there and did free writing in the journal. So it started off with that. And he said, begin with a subject that either you're burning inside of you to get out, like to write about, like you already have an idea of something that you're going to write or something that you're learning at the conference so far. So I did that because this just came out of left field for me. I had no idea. So, and for the record, I have published a book, but it was um, just for nursing, like as a technical book. So that's very different than like something that comes out of your soul because that book was just coming off of uh, an outline to help people study for the CPTC exam. Very helpful, but totally different like ideas. So I have an idea about this, but definitely not what he's getting at. So what I ended up writing, and this is just to help you get an idea too, if you want to start following these steps. Um, so I wrote, uh, my biggest takeaway from the Mind Valley talk so far are that I've been thinking too small, that I can have it all, that I have limiting beliefs and that's okay, but I need to recognize them when they crop up. 
that not everyone thinks the same dreams, that there's something in people that says, that's too good for you. And then I talk myself down instead of talking myself up. I do this because it seems too good for me, that my needs and wants should take a backseat to the needs of everything and everyone else, that by sacrificing my needs, I'll somehow find happiness and in the happiness of others. But it sounds noble, but really it ends up with resentment. So anyway, I just sort of vomited that out. (laughs) Um, And then he talked about how to make all of this better. So if you are into this, just vomit out your idea real quick and then go back to it. And then you talk, he talked about your first sentence is your grabber. It's uh, the one sentence. It's like, I would say I'm putting words in his mouth a little bit, but I interpreted that as it's the most important sentence probably in the book is the first sentence because it's going to get them to keep reading because your job as a writer is to make them care and they don't care at all. So you have to make them care. So he talked about the first line of 1984 by George Orwell, which I Googled for you. It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. That's an interesting sentence, right? And then Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. We were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold. One of the best movies. Very awesome. And books. And he also gave the example of The Stranger by Albert Camus, which to me wasn't as grabby as the other ones. It is, my mother died today. Okay, very sad. Doesn't quite pull me in like the other ones. Like the other ones leave a lot of curiosity, and that's part of it. Talks about creating curiosity and painting a picture of a character. Um, so then he had us write a grabber sentence, kind of loosely based on what we just dumped out. So what I wrote is, t- I, I guess this is like a bit different. I'm not actually sure how I launched into this, but this is what ended up triggering this like emotional dump that I didn't even know I had. So thank you, Neil. I ended up crying for like an hour (laughs) silently in my head and a little bit in real life. The poor girl sitting next to me. But um, this is what I wrote. A feeling of unworthiness watched over me as I launched my next rocket of desire. Deep down, I know a girl who feels like me can never really have it all. Sad, right? Super sad. So then I was like, where did that come from? Um, Okay, so then he gave some writing tips. What ruins writing is worrying about what other people think. The first draft is just for you. No one's ever going to see it. So you can just vomit it out, use real names and experiences and all of that. And it's okay to just get things wrong just to get it out on paper. And I kind of do this when I, before ChatGPT especially, when I'm making content. Um, I just sort of dump it out, dump out a headline, dump out, try to get a good structure, and then just sort of dump in, fill it in. And then I go back and I fact check and find good information. That's sort of my process with building out content as well. So anyway, good writing process. And then the second draft is for the reader. It's nicer. Change the names and places if you want to. The third draft is for the hater or the critic. You can use T slash C or TC for unknown facts. And that's just to keep your flow going. When I do it, I actually just use plus signs. But good to know there's actually a writer's process that you can use to fill things in so like if you're like the dog ate the and then you're like was it a snail was it a cat what was it that the dog ate I'm totally making up this example I don't even know where this came from and and if you don't know the answer you just put in your little plus sign so that you can just keep going and then you go back and fill it in later and then remember that the audience comes last that writing is for you or is he saying that the last draft is for the audience okay kind of fuzzy on that but you get the idea that at first you make it really rough. The second is for the reader, change the names, and then the third is for the haters and the critics. 
And if it's not scary to have other people read it, then you didn't get vulnerable enough that the best work is polarizing. I thought that was quite interesting because it's true. So apps, he talked about a few different apps that you can get that can help you stay productive while you're writing. Um, there's something called Freedom on your computer that he likes that um, stops distractions, like stops notifications, I guess, and maybe other things from popping up on your desktop. Um, Opal is something that blocks apps. And then there's also apps that you can get on your phone that locks up your phone for a certain amount of time. So very cool. I don't know if I'm brave enough to use the one that locks up my phone. That's a person's problem. Um, so then people go, well, what am I going to write about? They get writer's block. They get writer's block either because they care what the reader's going to think, which is why they're saying he's saying don't worry about any of that, or because they just don't know what to write about. So he's like, two um, ideas are what are you curious about right now? What's exciting for you at the moment? And what experiences do you have that are interesting? And I think if you really think about your life and um, you could come up with at least 10 ideas probably off the top of your head of things that are interesting. Maybe you don't even think they're interesting. That happens to me all the time. I'm like chatting just about something and I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, when we lived in Spain or when we went to Italy that time or, I mean, usually it's involving travel and people are like, wait, what happened? What happened with your visa drama that happened before COVID? How did you spend lockdown? Like all these weird things. And I'm like, oh, I guess that is interesting. It just seemed to me like big hassles at the time. But if you're, but everyone's living a different life. And, you know, we forget that when we're in our own life. Okay, that was my very deep thought for the morning here. Morning coffee. Hope you have lots of coffee. Um, so then the next is to tie the first sentence in with whatever you want to write about. So now he brought us to continuing on this process. And this is where I, I guess I'll read it. I, I was like grappling with, do I read this? But now that I've, I actually read it, I wrote it down and I sobbed in the thing in the, in the middle of the conference, but it's my belly. You can cry there. Not a big deal. And then it was like loud time too. And then um, he was like, okay, now that it's finished, just read it to the person next to you, like to just help you understand the process. So the girl, the sweet girl, she probably was 20 years younger than me sitting next to me. And she's like, well, I'm not really comfortable reading what I wrote. And I'm like, good, me neither. And she's like, well, it's because like it's sort of going on now. And I was like, well, I don't even know your name. Like we're essentially strangers. Like if you wanted to share it, like it really isn't going to matter. Like I won't even be here next week. Like this is my only week. And she's like, she's like, okay, okay. So I read hers and it's just so sweet because I remember <laughs> having these issues when I was her age and it seemed like such a big deal. And now I'm married and I have kids and we have business we're building and careers and we own homes and like everything is just so much bigger now that looking back on the same very real, very emotional, very hard problem for her that she's going through right now, just to put it in perspective, I feel like an old lady. Like I'm looking at that like, wow, <laughs> this is rough. I'm sorry. <laughs> like she is, it was so sweet and is so real and I get it. And I, all I can hope is that in double, in 20 years from now, I'll look back on my problems now and think, wow, 
how silly was I to be upset or worried or spending any time worrying about something like that or like those things. I just hope that that's what growth is <laughs> because she was and, and, and I could see why she was upset not to belittle anything. I get it. I would be upset about that too when I was her age and I had those same issues. It's just, I just feel like, you know, life goes on and, and things change. And um, I hope that in 20 years, like I said, I have the personal growth. So anyway, if you're still here listening, <laughs> we'll get on with it. So that was, that was really, so then it was my turn. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to share this. And I was like, but I just, I don't know if I could read it to you. I was like, because I'll probably just start crying like uncontrollably. And I don't even know why. I was like, I don't even know why this is like triggering something in me. It's like a Tuesday morning on like my second cappuccino. Like, I don't even know. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and just read it because this podcast or at least this week is just kind of about my record of the speakers and what I learned so that I don't like lose it into the abyss of my bookshelf Um, but also you know it's okay to be vulnerable and I'm trying to if there's anything I learned from Mind Valley it's that people can people want to reach out and connect and you know there's a lot of um I don't know, a lot of emotional ties that we can get through our vulnerabilities. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going to say it. And apologies to my family growing up because I don't mean anything against you. We are all wonderful and have a good relationship and everything's great. So this is what I wrote. A feeling of unworthiness washed over me as I launched my next rocket of desire. Deep down, I know a girl who feels like me can never really have it all. Growing up with loneliness is not uncommon. In the age of single parents and inflation and a weak focus on family values, many of us found ourselves alone as children. For me, it felt like a black hole of sadness, a pit in my belly that couldn't be filled, even with the junk food I tried to fill it with. But the truth is, I wasn't actually alone. When mom was doing evening classes, my brother was home or off making trouble with his friends. But the way he treated me made me wish I'd never been born, or that my father hadn't died, or that my mother cared more about me than she did about herself. But as it was, I was just here, alone, on the couch, always, and always feeling vulnerable, and small, and always hoping my brother didn't walk in the door with his friends and bully me, or hoping that if they did, they might just want to hang out with me instead. I had no one to protect me. Everyone who was supposed to do that job let me down. I just didn't realize at the time that it was their mistake and not something that I did. But that was then. And this is the story of how I rose up from that vulnerable little person who was always just looking to be loved, protected, and secure. This is the story of how bullying and loneliness don't have to set the stage for your entire life. And this is the story of how I don't know what to say except that I'm still in the process of shedding that black hole I feel inside. So there you go. That's what I wrote. And I proceeded to sob and sob. It's easier now. Now I've read it. It's probably the third time I've read that out loud. Because, of course, I had to read it to my husband. I was like, are you sure? Because I sobbed at this. But I kind of feel like you should hear this. And he was like, okay. He was really sweet about it. So anyway, it's weird because saying that now doesn't seem like that big of a deal. The question is, after you read that, is that a book that you would like to read? You know, like that's where he was going with this in his talk. And 
this could be a book about loneliness and bullying. I mean, bullying is a huge problem. And it was from my own family member, which is kind of interesting, instead of like kids at school. Or could it be from a different perspective? Could it be from my mom's perspective of having to raise two kids on her own and wanting to change a career? And this was back when you couldn't do a lot online. So she had to literally go to class and went back to school to be a teacher. It's awesome. Great profession, you know, like to spend more time with us. Like those are all great reasons. Could it be from her perspective or could it be from the perspective of my brother? Growing up a boy without a dad, living in a house with two females. I'm sure that was really tough on him. Like there, and, and you know, we were all just young, not knowing what to do with all these feelings. So I think a lot of people can relate to all of those perspectives. I think a lot of people could relate to a book like that. I don't think I will ever write this book. I do not know. I feel like I have way too much going on in my life to sit down and write a book. But the idea was to get ideas. So I hope that this maybe helped you think about ideas that you have in your own life. This was just some random memory that I like spewed out of me um, because of the mindset I was in. And I will say, we t- I talk about meditating and stuff. I had I was meditating every morning on the way to, like in the car, on the way down to the, I wasn't driving, don't worry, <laughs> on the way down to the conference, trying to like get my head in the right place. And this is the first thing that like came out of me when I got there. So I thought that was interesting. Okay, so here's a summary. Um, free writing can be great. That's something that I personally learned. Second thing I personally learned, I probably could write a book about that if I really wanted to. So that's really cool. And thank you, Neil. I feel very empowered. That's a neat thing to feel like, that I could actually do this. There's a process that you, what was it? Let me go scroll up here. That you first focus on spewing something out of you, just free writing about a burning subject or something you've learned, like, well, he said in the conference, but something related to your life now. Um, that if you're run, if you need ideas, you can just do uh, experiences that other people might find interesting or that you think are interesting or something that you're curious and excited about right now, like biohacking or AI, you know, stuff like that. Um, there was really great writing tips that the only thing that causes writer's block is worrying about what the person reading it is going to think. So throw that idea out because they're not going to read the first draft. That's all for you. Audience doesn't matter. You just dump it all into their word vomit it out and just get it out of your system and then you go back and refine it making the first sentence the grabber and then tie that into the rest of the paragraph and voila I guess after a long I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than that but that's a start right once you get a start you can kind of figure everything out so that's awesome and thank you Neil and thank you Mind Valley because it was a great day after I shed all those tears it was a wonderful rest of the day and it was an even better next day So um, thank you. And I guess that's it for me. So I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, I'll see you in the morning. We'll have some more coffee with Brooke. Morning coffee with Brooke. Okay, bye.